fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast, where we're in the middle of our series highlighting all of the athletes from the 2023 CrossFit Games semifinals. And with us, we have Amy Hosking. Amy, how are you? I'm very well. Yeah. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I'm excited to get to know you. We talked off air. You don't leave a big um, internet footprint. So it's going to be interesting getting to learn about you um, through this process. So the first thing I want to ask is you are from Canada. Yes. So what, what part? I live in Calgary, Alberta. So Western okay. Canada, but not on the coast. <laughs> yeah. And, but more mountainous, more mountainous. Yeah. So like Banff Canmore is an hour, hour and a half drive. So you can usually see like a ridge line of mountains within the city. That's just amazing. I I've, I've flown over the, the mountains a couple of times. I've never been in a spot where like I could just sit, relax and look at them. Mm. And that's, that's on my bucket list. Highly recommend. You might have to come visit. <laughs> There's a few yeah. of us out here, so you could make it like a business trip. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Well, our show has become very Canadian lately. Um, and I don't know how that all happened, but some of my best friends in the sport are Canadian. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll have to, uh, do, do summers in Canada or something like that. Highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're from that side of Canada. You have been doing the open since 2018. Yep. Um, You've been doing quarterfinals since 2021, but this is your first appearance in semifinals. And when I look at the placings, the jumps you have made in the last couple of years are amazing. Mm -hmm. So what do you attribute to all the sudden success um, over the last couple of years? Sudden, sudden yeah. I say, because you've been grinding since 2018. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, first I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it sudden. Um, because even in I'm trying to think now, 2019, because I would have started in Ontario. Um, I started to get more competitive in like even 2018, 2019. And then I moved from Ontario to Calgary and had a bit of like a health issues going on. So I lost some of my fitness. But I had built such a base already that it was just getting it back. Um, and then in 2021 is when I kind of started taking it more seriously and figured I actually do really want to compete in this and, and try. So I was doing um, CrossFit classes, but I was doing a lot of extra stuff on my own. Um, I have always purposely targeted, like I write down what are my weaknesses and I would target those. Um, so that really helped on the skill side. And then last year I moved to optimum performance training in Calgary. Um, and I have a coach now with 
individualized programming. Um, and of course, he's helped me work on the physical side, but a lot of it has been mental. Um, and self-belief is really a really large part of it. You know, I, I talk to a lot of athletes and that seems to be the number one thing that the athletes are working on is self-belief. So did you have a sports background coming into CrossFit? Yes. <laughs> I basically did like every single sport growing up. I never specialized in anything in particular, but I grew up, I did classical ballet from the time I was five to 15, I think. Um, and then I was in like a dance program in high school. Um, but in the other sports side, I was doing gymnastics from like probably age two to 11, non-competitively, but still you do learn like the foundations of gymnastics. And then my main sport was soccer, um, but I played like all the school sports growing up. So I'd play basketball was the other big one I was into. And then like track and field, badminton. And I was just like, I had a lot of energy <laughs> as a kid. So I was in all the activities I could be in really. So, so there's a couple of places I want to go here. One, it's a shame that Kat's not doing this interview because she trained classic ballet. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you guys could talk a ton about that. But she talked a lot to us about the body awareness that that gave her moving into CrossFit. Because as a ballet dancer, you have to know where your body is at all times and the positioning. Yeah, it's huge. And I actually, I grew up and I, I didn't do any competition in dance. Um, the studio I was at was like very strict, but I actually really appreciate it now. Cause like, we didn't have any mirrors you had to go off feel. And I think that's the biggest difference to me of like a CrossFit gym versus commercial gym is you can't see how you're positioned. You really have to feel it and go off of cues. So I think there is definitely some transfer there. The other thing I have to ask about is you said badminton is a school sport. Yeah, that wasn't a school sport in the U.S. <laughs> uh, no, no, oh. no, no, no. The only the only badminton I know is like backyard barbecue. Ah, there yeah, you go. like it is. When I was a kid, like everybody had a net set up in their backyard whenever they had like a barbecue, and people would play for fun, you know. And we would, you know, I was. I was an idiot kid who thought I was at Wimbledon and like, we would grunt when we, you know, hit the, <laughs> the shuttlecock or whatever. Is that right? Yeah. I think and, so. uh, yeah. And we, yeah, I didn't know that was a school sport, and, but I've seen it in the Olympics, which is a whole nother level than what we were doing like in the backyard. But, but yeah, yeah. so that's, that's kind of cool. So you played school badminton. Yeah. Basically any school sport that, they offered, I would try to, I would try out for and try to get on the team. <laughs> was, was it a thing where your parents were like, she has so much energy. We need to sign her up for everything. Um, I think the, the school sports was more my initiative. I mean, there's no really like cost to it or anything so long as, and like, they don't need to drive me there. So I think they were like, yeah, do whatever you want on the school sports side. And then they limited my activities outside of school to like, you have to pick three of this five because we can't drive you to all of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I hate when one of my pet peeves is when kids specialize in sports young one, how, 
for for some a kid to know what they want to do for a long period of time at the at the age of five, it just seems utterly ridiculous to me. Two, I think like that being diverse in sports is actually better for long term, like health and fitness than specializing in one thing. Um, and so I think it's really cool that you were able to do that and experience all the different things. I agree. Yeah, I think there's even like studies out now saying that if you have a diverse background in childhood, it sets you up better for later in life, coordination and health wise. Well, even just in like the corporate world, you're forced to adapt so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and just mentally like moving from one thing to another is much easier if you've done that a bunch as a kid, because I was a four sport athlete as well. So, um, and I don't know how my parents did it. I still look back and marvel now that I'm a parent and have been through it all. Like, I don't know how they were able to, to manage me f- through all that stuff. I know it's wild. Thank you to my parents <laughs> as well. <laughs> right. Same, same, same. Um, so, so you make it to semis. Um, you actually make a post on Instagram and I'm going to show that real quick. Sure. Um, Cause uh mm-hmm. This is where we're, this is where we're going to deep dive a little bit. So one beautiful smile. And so you make it to finals, your semifinals, Mm -hmm. and you've got to be happy, right? You've been doing this since 2018. All of a sudden you're, you're in a groove and you qualify as one of the top 60 people in North America West, which unbelievable. And I think you actually, um, were 30. 30 something. And I lost it. I think 37. Yeah. 37th. There we go. I think I hit a button and it deleted my, my notes. Um, but anyway, so 37th. So you didn't just like eke in to the top 60, like you firmly planted yourself inside the top 60 smile on your face. And then I read, I read the, the, the caption. And you talk about, you say, I don't speak about it often, but I live with two autoimmune conditions, Mm -hmm. colitis and ankylosing spondylitis. Mm -hmm. Close. (laughs) That was exactly it. Yep. Okay. Uh, And sometimes I even forget until I'm due for my monthly NTVO infusion or my SI joints get inflamed to the point that basic activities like sleeping or getting dressed become painful. Mm-hmm. So can you walk us through, you mentioned earlier that you had health issues, um, right before 2021. Was that what you were speaking of? Uh, it, it related. So yeah, my body, I was diagnosed with enclosing spondylitis when I was 17, um, in my last year of high school. And then colitis was a year later. So I've had them for 10 years. And then along the way, Basically, if there's like really stressful events in my life, my body likes to overreact and then it presents as inflammation in a way that's not ideal. Um, So like even last year I would, I got COVID and then my eyes got inflamed. So I just have to to be aware of those things. Um, Yeah. I don't know if you wanted me to speak to the 2021 or the conditions I have. Well, let's, let's start with the two conditions. Sure. Yeah. So in high school, 
Um, and honestly, probably even before this, because there was a period when I was like 10 or 11 that I was getting some hip pain and it wasn't explainable. Um, and I think because it was so early on, it didn't come up in imaging or anything, but went away. And then when I was 17 in high school, um, I just noticed I was getting minor hip pain. I thought it was maybe like a disc thing or something like that, because the way it presents is almost like sciatica pain. So it was, it was minor enough that, okay, I went to the doctor and she was aware. Um, but they didn't really escalate it or anything like that. And it was only, I went to the Dominican Republic um, over spring break and I got a stomach bug. And then I had a huge flare up after that to the point that I could like, again, barely walk. Like it was very bad. That's commonly what happens is you get sick and then your immune system ramps up and goes off the rails. So at that point, I was still in like the children's hospital. So they sent me to a rheumatologist. Um, I got in for an MRI and they were able to diagnose me very quickly. Um, and then I got on to a medication almost right away, essentially. They're called biologics, which Intivio, which I'm currently on, is also a biologic. Um, so I was on one for the <laughs> arthritis and then in university, I went straight into university and then in the very end, I think it was exam season. So again, stressful time. I started getting some gastrointestinal symptoms. Um, and because I already had the ankylosing spondylitis, it actually probably made the diagnosis easier because often if you have one autoimmune condition, you're more likely to get another one. So I got into a gastroenterologist in the summer after that and they did a scope and they were able to confirm yes it's colitis um i was on a medication that treated both for a while because they're linked but um the medication i was on it just kind of targets the whole immune system which is why it worked for both but i got sick a lot <laughs> so eventually i switched to the current one i'm on the only caveat being is it doesn't treat the arthritis portion. It treats the colitis really well and it's gut specific. So I don't get sick or anything like that very often. I technically I'm immunosuppressed, but I wouldn't even really consider it that. So I have to manage the arthritis through lifestyle essentially, um, which luckily I've figured out quite well after 10 years, <laughs> but that's the gist. Okay. It's, it's funny because, you know, one of one of the friends of the show is uh, Elisa Fuliano, mm -hmm. who is the Italian CrossFitter who has rheumatoid arthritis and is is forced to manage that um, through and the same thing. It is stress induced, um, mm -hmm. and you know it's not like CrossFit is not stressful. It it just in itself, and she talks about that, and she, she has it under control right now but she knows her window is so limited because at some point she's not going to be able to control it and she's going to have to move on to other things. Is that the same for you where you have a smaller window um, to compete at this level because of what you're going through? I don't know the, if the similarities and differences between rheumatoid and what you have. Yeah, for sure. So rheumatoid, essentially any joint in her body could flare up. Um, 
for me, it's, it's just my spine and I don't really get like peripheral. It can happen, but I don't really get, um, any peripheral joints flaring up. Mine's all in my sacroiliac joint. Um, like the base of my tailbone essentially. <laughs> so it's really just like hip and low back with some sciatica pain. For me, I don't really view it as I have a, a limited window. Um, it's not something that just gets worse as time goes on. What can happen is if there's inflammation within the joint, it does wear down on the bone. So like I already have some erosion um, on my hip and my, <laughs> my sacro. Uh, my sacrum itself, but it's minor enough that it would take so long. Like eventually I'll, I'll need a hip replacement, like way down the road probably. Um, but for right now, I don't see it as a, as a short window or at least for how long I'll want to compete, I'll be able to, um, so long as I manage my stress, eat well, <laughs> all of that stuff. So the diet to help control this and the diet to be a competitive CrossFitter, are they similar? Um, I've tried <laughs> probably similar to a lot of autoimmune people. Um, I've tried different diets and I don't find too much influences my symptoms, to be honest. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I would say they go hand in hand because I mean, like you don't want to drink a lot of alcohol. And you don't want to smoke, obviously, for, for autoimmune conditions or CrossFit. So I think they, they go quite well together. Okay. Well, very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I love these inspirational stories where you've overcome this to get to a place where you're highly competitive. You've competed at the highest levels at other events. And now you get a chance to show your stuff at a semifinal. So do you, do you work full time or is this, is this your gig? No, I do work full time. Um, I work in the food manufacturing industry at a company called Righteous Gelato. We're in Canada. We're based in Calgary, but we're sold across Canada in grocery and a little bit in the U S actually we're coming, we're coming for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I work full time. They graciously have allowed me to take Fridays off. Um, at least until the, the semifinals are, are over here. So I'll I take advantage of that. Um, but I do balance the, the full-time work with training. Yeah. That's, that's what I think is so cool about getting to know all the semifinalists. How many, how many of you make these sacrifices working full-time and all this stuff? You don't, you don't have the luxury of, you know, a Tia Toomey who can just be a CrossFitter or, you know, I, I just think that's amazing. So do you have any training partners? Yeah. So out of optimum performance training, there's actually quite a few of us. Um, four of us are making it, have made it to semis um, officially there. So, but we have a, a competitive group even within the space. It's actually, I think a really cool like hub that we've built um, especially on the female side, we, there's a lot of us that are competitive. So, um, we do, they're called friends clubs. We do them like every other month, essentially, where we come together on a, on a weekend and throw down for a few workouts, which is super fun. Um, I think we'll do something similar 
with the four of us leading up to semis, like once a week, meet up for a workout, but we haven't fully discussed details. A lot of your Instagram shows that you compete at, you've competed at Battle of the Barracks a couple years. Mm -hmm. You've competed at Can West, which we all know how that kind of ended up, but it still gave you higher competition to compete against. Um, how, ne how necessary do you think all that was now that you're getting a shot on the big stage? The competitions? Oh, they're huge. Because um, I mean, you can do the training and you can see the results in training, but competition's a, a whole different thing. And I think for a long time too, like those, those big names, like at Can West, like Annika Greer, even Hattie Canyo, um, Gabby, I looked up to from Barracks the previous year, Allison Scuds, to go there and compete against them and be able to hold my own was so huge to me to show like, okay, I actually can do this. Like I am at that level. Um, so yeah, tremendously important to just prove out what I what is already true. And I think can West has become like a curse word uh, in the CrossFit space, but you know, we covered that event and it was one of the most fun weekends we had with athletes getting to talk to y'all. Um, and I heard like, everybody says the vibe was so cool at the event, like mm -hmm. while it was going on, it was just the stuff after that was, that made it kind of go down. And so you had this great opportunity. Did you enjoy that weekend? Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. That was my first uh, first and only big competition, I'd say. Um, honestly, just like qualifying, I was happy. <laughs> so once I was there, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to enjoy this. And you don't get these experiences often. So just to take it in on the floor. Um, meeting all the girls was awesome. And then, yeah, it was a pretty cool vibe. Like they had the athlete tent set up and pretty good setup on the actual competition floors. Yeah. I think Hattie told us that like, she doesn't like dance a lot at competitions, but there was this vibe going on that like, she just was dancing in between reps and like, it just was a, a really good time. Mm -hmm. So what does the next, what, six weeks look like? Yeah, not a lot of time. <laughs> Pretty wild. Um, I'm almost thinking backwards. So, I mean, right now, training volume is high, is what I'd say. We're working on a lot of skills at the moment that potentially might come up, just to have exposure to them. Um, and then as we get closer to the event, volume will, will drop, but intensity is going to go up. <laughs> Um, and of course, when the workouts get released, we'll be testing those as well, um, to have a good strategy going in. Are a lot of people coming to root you on? There's a ton of people coming from our gym. Um, obviously my husband is going to come. Um, my parents can't work, make it unfortunately, but I want to say there's probably 15 or 20 people coming from our gym. Um, I believe all the coaches and then a lot of, uh, well, my training partners are coming as well. And the name of the gym? Uh, OPT, Optimum Performance Training. 
Okay. So you actually work out at, okay. I didn't know you worked out at actually like their like headquarters. Yeah. It's in Calgary. They used to be a bit further away from me, but they're actually like one kilometer down the road now. <laughs> so I go there. Okay. So we'll, we'll convert that. It's about two miles, everybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or no, less. 0.8 miles. Less. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I'm not good at that. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so who gets your coach's pass? If, if optimum is taking so many people, your, your mm -hmm. coach only needs one who gets like the extras. That's a good question. So, I mean, out of OPT, there's four coaches. Um, three of them have athletes going. So I guess there's only one extra pass <laughs> for me. My okay. coach only has me. Um, Jason Burke is my coach. So he'll get the pass. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is he good at like keeping you relaxed backstage? Yeah. <laughs> and because you, for you, I would assume the less stressful it feels, the better it is for you. Yeah. He's a huge um, supporter of meditation, stress management in any way. Um, and he can even see, like even before one of the open workouts, he, he looked at me and I think he can see it in my eyes when I'm just carrying some extra stress or my, I'm not totally present at the moment. So he's like, okay, you need to go sit in a dark corner for five minutes and come back. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. You need to have that person back there. Um, and we've talked about it with all the athletes, whether you are someone who likes to think through what's going to happen and kind of be to yourself, or if you need to be loose and joking around with people, you just have to have the right person with you to make sure that that can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely more on the, I mean, I still like to have fun and everything, but I'm more on the as little stress as possible, as little like even sensory input as possible beforehand and do some visualization, do meditation, get ready. And then the hype, people can hype me up on the floor. <laughs> Not beforehand though. So um, my last question is, you're relatively tall for a CrossFit athlete. Yes, I am. You, you are five foot eight. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what that is in centimeters or meters or whatever. But usually we use five foot eight here too. I think it's 173 okay. centimeters. Yeah. So five foot eight, that is, I mean, that's Annie Thor's daughter tall, which she's been successful as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but but way taller than kind of like the the new breed of athletes. They're more like the five four, five three-ish range, right? So what do you I'm assuming that rowing and like wall balls are your your home runs? I actually don't love wall balls as much as I should. I'm working on it. <laughs> I love, yes, but rowing any erg is my jam. Yeah. Power output. Power output. Those are all great things for me. Yeah. Give me a row workout like all day. <laughs> so what are, what, if you could pick one um, movement to show up at semifinals, would it be the row? Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I love lots of different things. Even being a tall person, I love strict handstand push-ups. <laughs> so I'm kind of 
funny in that way. Any like higher skills stuff, like I've really been enjoying the the rope skills. Um, but I mean, if a row comes up, yes, that's probably what's going to favor me the most. <laughs> and is there one event, one movement you don't want to show up? Honestly, there's not really any bad movements or bad workouts for me anymore. Um, like I've been running on a true form, which I previously kind of viewed as a, a whole of mine, but it's really not, especially on a machine like that. Cause again, weight kind of helps. <laughs> yeah. On there. And that was kind of a humble flex. Like, man, yeah, I really don't have a hole anymore. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm getting into that mindset. <laughs> there you go. Well, Amy, this has been a blast. I want to thank you so much for jumping on with us. Um, it's been fun getting to know you. Um, you, you make me work hard, but it was, it was a fun conversation. <laughs> yes. You did your research still. I'm impressed, Scott, and I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah. And with that, everybody in the audience, we'll see everybody next time on the Clydesdale media podcast. Yeah.